0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 53 of the Your Say Podcast. Oh, I've had so many trigger warnings lately, but I'm sorry, I've got another one. This week's episode is from a beautiful lady called Courtney, and she shares with us her trip down becoming a mother, postnatal depression, depression. So it's kind of heavy, but it's also completely inspirational with what she now does to support other women out there that are going through the same things. So I'm sure you're all going to absolutely love this, and be sure to share it with those mums-to-be and mums that you know. Enjoy! hello everyone welcome to the your say podcast another amazing episode wow we are really delving into some deep subject matter at the moment which i'm actually really really proud of because this is one of the areas i've been so passionate about with the your say podcast of bringing normal people's stories to the forefront so that we can help others and today is exactly that today we have a beautiful guest on courtney courtney is a mum a teacher she's super passionate about all things mental health and parenting and raising kind children so that they can be awesome human beings so all things that as we know my listeners know i'm extremely passionate about so welcome courtney hello thank you good to be here oh that's good now this is your first podcast courtney isn't it it
1: is, and I'm really ticking off something on the, I guess, the manifesting um,
0: yeah <laughs> list, the list today. So, That's um, so it's good. pretty cool. It's very exciting. Yeah. It is. It's really exciting. And I'm so, I'm, I've, am i the last few weeks, I've been able to talk to a lot of people that have never done a podcast before. And the truth be known, I hadn't been on one probably a year ago myself, but it's like anything, once you start doing it, you get really quite comfortable. So today we're going to be mm. talking around your story, mental health. One of the things we haven't talked a lot about on the podcast is depression. We've definitely talked about anxiety because I've suffered from anxiety and we've talked about it with guests, etc. But I know today we're going to tap into a little bit more around your personal story and share how people can get more into your space. So Courtney, I will hand it over to you and if you can just give us a little bit of a backstory as to how it is that you're on a podcast today with me um, (laughs) and allow our listeners to learn a little bit about your story. And I'll interject and ask questions as we go, but I'll hand it over to you. Cool. Thank you. Um, I guess I feel like I could talk for quite a while, but
1: I'll just sort of narrow down to a few different times in my life that I think are the most useful helpful i guess um relatable yeah um i like listening to some of your podcasts on mental health it really got me thinking about my first sort of thoughts about mental health Mm. as a child Mm. um it got me really reflecting about that and i found that really interesting to think about that Mm. um and I think I'm quite different to you in that, I don't know if I would have used the word mental health, but I, I grew up knowing what depression was at quite a young age. Yeah, tell us um, why.
0: Tell us why you knew what it was.
1: Um, it's quite hereditary in my family. Yeah. Um, and I grew up with someone in my family who was going through a really tough time with depression, not in my immediate family. but um, And so I saw that person go through a lot and become a a very different, very different person from a warm, nurturing, beautiful, loving, um, you know, just the most beautiful person to someone who I didn't recognize. And I would have only been, I don't know, maybe 10, 11.
0: And was that described to you? Like, were you described that that's what that person was going through? Or did you kind of have to work it out?
1: No, I think... I don't know maybe in the beginning but it went on for quite a while so mm. I think the words depression were used at yeah. some point um and so I understood that and then I also learned different things about um like my um I guess family history further back yeah that I guess also always I guess kind of instilled a little bit of a fear in me that I would be like that, that yeah I would right
0: you might have, you might have, have that with you
1: yes yeah um so that was kind of like my first little i guess introduction into mental health um the next time that stands out in my life, sorry, I'm going real back into No, it's things, fine. But, um, no, this is interesting. Yeah.
0: No, Courtney, you go back. It's um, really, it, it's really yeah. interesting. So yeah, I've, got no, a, I've got a question. So when you're like 15, 16, and you're kind of growing into yourself as a teenager, you're obviously aware of what depression and what that looks like, but have you been touched by any of that personally yet?
1: Mm, no,
0: not to, no. Not at that
1: point. Um, no not personally no yeah no so yeah always very quiet and um a stressy type person i guess like through school in terms of like getting quite worried about things and not sleeping yeah. like not sleeping has definitely been a common thread mm. <laughs> um for me like suffering a bit of never diagnosed but i guess insomnia yeah. um especially when i've got a lot going on yeah um yeah but um yeah so 15 16 was more probably just like normal stresses of like a school a high school student yeah i would say um but the next one that i really um like i think that scared me which, it and it was only like a one sort of little incident but it's just interesting what you remember and what you reflect Mm. on so the night before i got my first period so I think I was, I know, isn't this crazy? Mm, no, it's I, not, not at
0: all. Nothing's crazy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The things we remember. Um, yeah, I, I think I was 11. Um, The night before I got that, honestly, the thoughts in my head were fucked up. Like yeah. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like I just remember thinking, oh my God, if this is the rest of my life, like I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I was really scared, but I never never said anything to anyone because it was like really messed up. Yeah. And then I got my period the next day and I was
0: like, oh Yeah. Well you like thank God, thank God. I'm <laughs> yeah. not I'm not and losing my fine, mind. But yeah. Like, yeah. But that yeah, that night I was like I was I went to bed,
1: I remember really scared as a young
0: girl. It's a, and it's a, re- it's a really yep. good point you raise. i got my period at 11 as well and you know there'd be many many listeners that have got 11 year old children or you know cousins mm. and you know nieces and nephews etc and you know i think one of the things i find as a parent is sometimes we just treat them so much younger than they are you know and i think if mm. you've got the ability to think back to what you were thinking at 11. i have too and it's really shaped me as a parent because i can remember so much but i know a lot of people don't remember any of those things and Mm. you know if we were thinking those things at 11 and we've got 10 and 11 year olds around us then all the more reason for us to stop and check in with them you know because you just don't know what's going through their little heads because if it was going through ours given they've got phones and all the things they've got access to today you can be Uh guaranteed that that it's going through going through their minds and so after that time in your life when was your next kind of uh-oh what's going inside my head type thing um the the next time i would say was
1: uh, sort of when i started my teaching career i went through a few different stages of quite a lot of i guess probably more so stress but then also um did lead to some quite down times. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I I think I first seeked a psychologist through work. Yeah. Maybe in, it might have been twenty sixteen. Yep. Um, and I, it was just it I was you know you just go through phases where you're just feeling really low. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just remember trying all these like trying all these different things like a um. I did a bit of reiki um mm. <laughs> like also like i was getting massages a lot because i just felt like my body was so tense
0: mm. um, you, you very much physically the, could feel that yes yeah. yeah
1: i just yeah um but the psychologist i went to um you know it was through work so i didn't really get a choice in who it was yep. um a male man who i don't know how old he would have been but like just there was no i didn't feel any connection or like, I never went back again. Yeah. Okay. Um, and,
0: and did yeah. you identify at that time with a GP? Like, did you look to get medication or did you just think you were just having just having an off time because you knew what depression was? Were you fearful that you were gonna suffer from it because it was hereditary? Like what was going through your mind at those stages in that teaching when you were teaching um, a teacher?
1: I, I know, I remember I got bloods done because someone like in my leadership like at school, they said, you know, maybe you've got like a hormonal imbalance or something. Mm. And so I did get bloods done and look into it that way, but there was nothing abnormal there. Mm. And then I, like, I, it's a bit blurry. I don't that time. I, I don't really know how I sort of came out of that period. I think I just kind of yep. worked through it and, um, and sort of came out the other side of that. I don't, Yeah. I'm not really sure what happened there, but it definitely was a time where that stands out for me. That was um,
0: definitely a low period there. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, Courtney, so we're around about seven years ago. You've come out. Isn't it funny, by the way, and everyone out there will know this. I've just talked about how much I remember things but how much I don't remember things when they were grey. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. when we're in that fight or flight and survival mode, you know, our body is just fighting to survive that you kind of look back and it's like, wow. It's like that whole, you know, you get home and go, shit, did, who drove me home? Did I actually drive the car? It's it's kind of mm. one of those periods. So, okay, we're at about seven years ago. Keep keep telling us, Courtney, about your story.
1: Yeah, so um, the next time when things really, um, really um, I guess unravelled a bit further was um, so I'd had my first son Mm -hmm. Um, I was not getting a lot of sleep as um, (laughs) I'm sure lots of mums that are listening can relate yeah lots of interrupted sleep and you know as a first-time parent it's um, it's a lot to adjust to Mm -hmm. and your life changed well our life changed a lot we were quite social and I think we still kept tried to keep that up. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I just, I was exhausted. And I knew that sleep was definitely part of it. Yep. Um, and that's when I was diagnosed with postnatal depression. Yep. Um, yeah, I just remember feeling just like an emptiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all, that, feeling of emptiness is probably scarier sometimes yeah than than feeling lots of things yeah i, um,
0: I hear you I, I, yeah I, I think anyone out there that's ever f- the word empty like i can feel it in my chest now just feeling mm-hmm. into how you felt um mm. and i've not had postnatal depression but i've definitely had a partner that did and you know have done so much research around it and feeling empty is a really scary it's mm. i think it's far more scary than feeling overwhelmed i agree with you and mm. when did you get diagnosed from your midwife doctor had you seeked help like did you know that you were feeling this and you went out to get help or did someone look at you and go hey well there's a problem because it can be really difficult even though it's talked about nowadays there's still so much freaking shame around everything mm. Um. I have a,
1: and still do have a really good relationship with my GP. great. Um, I sort of you know found her um when I knew I wanted to get pregnant. yeah, um, and so I've stayed with her since, which has been amazing. Yep. Um, yeah, so my husband, like, yeah, it yeah, he was definitely probably the one that sort of encouraged me to go to the doctor,
0: yeah,
1: um because yeah we we knew that things weren't right, yeah. Um, and I've started having panic attacks Mm. and I've never had panic attacks before in my life. Um, and like the first one that I ever had, I was laying in bed and again, the the not sleeping thing. Um, what I really struggled with is I would not be able to get back to sleep in between feeding my baby. Mm -hmm. So, so I would feed my baby and I'd lay awake for hours thinking I need to get back to sleep. I need to get back to sleep. Yeah. I really should be asleep. And, and that's, and that thinking that over in my head, Mm. that's when my first ever panic attack happened, laying in bed. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was a real problem, not being able to go back to sleep in between sheets.
0: And when, Um, for anyone that's listening, Courtney, tell us about what happened, because some people don't necessarily even understand what a panic attack is. So if you don't mind sharing, like what happened, you know, when you like, take us through what happened
1: yeah so for me it's like like whenever i do have a panic attack my i i tend to curl my whole body up Mm -hmm. into myself um because it's like this tightening in my chest Mm -hmm. like it's like i can't breathe yeah um like hyperventilating Mm -hmm. quite a lot um and it's you know as time has gone on, and I've had more of them, I, I know what's happening now. But the yeah. first time, you know, like you feel like you, you, you're going to lose your breath. Yeah. Totally. Um, and I like the first one that I ever had. I just like it's kind of like a a jerk. Like my body's jerking, mm. um, hysterically crying, and I just remember saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," over and over again because I didn't really know what was happening to my body. So, um, (laughs) it's crazy, right? Yeah, it was, it's a very, um, yeah,
0: it's, it's not a nice feeling at all. No, not at all. Yeah. And so once once you got to your GP, what sort of, what was the sort of course of action for your postnatal depression?
1: Um. We made a decision to um, for me to stop breastfeeding. My DP mm-hmm. really encouraged me to do that um, for like the sleep part of it because I just knew like it wasn't that I was dismissing that I'd been diagnosed with postnatal depression. And I, I like yes, I had that diagnosis, but I never really identified as that, and I've never really gone and gone on to people and said oh, I had postnatal depression because. Yeah i really do believe that sleep was a massive part of it like you know you sleep don't get enough sleep oh it's of course you're gonna go like mm. your mind's gonna fuck with you mm. um but so i stopped breastfeeding so that my husband could help out more with bottles over the night yep. and i could get a bit more sleep um i toyed with the idea at that point with medication mm-hmm. um didn't end up going on it. I did get sleeping medication yep. at that time. Um, but I didn't go on antidepressants at, at that point.
0: Yeah. And and how did you, yeah. how was your personal, like, how did you, there's so much pressure to breastfeed. Like, did you have shame mm. around it or were you just like, fuck it, I need sleep, I'm doing it. Like, were you completely comfortable in that situation? Um.
1: I definitely think hearing a GP say that it was for the best definitely yeah. made me feel like not that I needed permission, but I think it it gave me yeah. permission within myself to go, you no, know, like a health professional's told me that that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um. And I, I actually think my husband had suggested that prior, but I was a bit resistant. Mm. Um. And and I guess we um had already been mixed feeding so um that probably played a part in making it that bit bit easier like bottles were already sort of part of the daily routine of what we were doing so that wasn't um, absolutely yeah
0: oh yeah the old breastfeeding thing there's just so much Uh um i mean you know i breastfed my first son i didn't plan to and i ended up breastfeeding him and then my second son my ex-partner breastfed him but he wasn't really ever getting enough and i knew it and she didn't realize but i was trying to top him up with a bottle without her seeing and no 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 there's just all these things that were going on that were really challenging because you know if if the baby's getting enough food they're happier right they sleep better they like everything kind of comes back to that one thing oh for anyone out there now that's listening to this podcast i just want to say like yes there is all these facts around breast milk being better for your baby no one on this podcast is suggesting it's not But what is also best for your baby is having a mum that has her shit together (laughs) and i just think that so often we make it about the baby and you know i just did an episode last week on co-parenting and yes it's always about the kids but at the same time as the parents we have to be sane right we have to be the best parents that we can be and if we're sleep deprived or suffering from postnatal depression or we're in fight or flight mode or we're having our own mental health issues if we don't sort those things out then how can we be the best mum and i sometimes think you know i i don't surround myself with people that don't think like that but i certainly have mm. been you know I, I definitely have been around that and so so what happened thereafter like how long would you say until your little one to what age like when did you, when did you feel like you got a grip on things right cuz you know it's it's yeah. it's hard like i think people just think it's going to be so easy but it is hard so when, oh, yeah, when did is. things get when did things get a little bit more easy for you
1: yeah i guess it it did i was obsessed with his sleep <laughs> um and yeah it it did i i feel that things got easier once he started sleeping better um because yeah i could i felt like i could manage my shit better because i was getting enough rest um so yeah he would have been around nine or ten months i think when and um when i sort of yeah feel like i got back to myself a bit more the other thing that happened at that same time um was that i went back to work two days a week Mm -hmm. which i really didn't want to do at the time but in hindsight it was probably one of the best things that me at that point um you know that was around when COVID was just starting so it was so nice to get out the house two days a week because as a teacher we still had to go to work here in sa
0: um
1: so yeah yeah that was definitely something that helped gave me another purpose and i think that's important is to have it is a, a purpose outside of parenting because you do i don't think many people could say that they don't lose part of themselves or feel like they've sort of forgotten who they are or what their identity is once they have kids it's really tricky and i think that
0: oh absolutely um, I, I i work in this space all day every day and mm. particularly people that decide to be stay-at-home mums and then they decide to go back and then they this and that like this is constant you know it's a constant Pull, pull of what we should do versus society versus us versus this versus that, and I was the opposite. I went back full time when my young, when my eldest son was like twelve weeks old. I I put him in full time childcare, and I had the opposite. Mm -hmm. I was like frowned upon. How can you put such a young baby into daycare? Blah blah blah. Now Mm -hmm. looking back at it, honestly, my child was the best sleeper, and he virtually slept half the day and. 18 mm. years ago, there wasn't Facebook and smartphones and I was bored shitless at home. Like I was literally bored yeah. shitless. So I, I went back to work because I was bored. Now, that would, ne- <laughs> that would never happen now because I have all these other things that I would have done. But mm. I kind of got frowned upon from that perspective. And look, I definitely looked back and felt like I had missed a fair bit of his life. And then with my second my ex-partner and I, we had six months off each with him and then we ended, I ended up having an extra full year with him, which I did deliberately. But I don't think mm-hmm. in any way my child suffered. I lost it out. You know, I didn't have the memories. Yes. You know, he had a great old time at daycare. He wasn't any, mm. you know, he isn't any less of a, an amazing young man. But yeah, it is, it's really, um, it doesn't really matter what you do people will almost always cast an opinion and things uh-huh. you know things do change and i think when you enter that realm of being a parent you really have to have a thicker skin and oh god can i sympathize with the whole obsessed about i was obsessed about food and sleep which i think most moms yeah. are as well but <laughs> i think yeah. that i created a monster because when when we had our second i'd already been a mum before so i was like right my eldest son was a good sleeper and we did this routine and it worked and this was the book mm. we followed and so then of course I gave the book to my then partner. She read it. She became obsessed with it. She was a high achiever at work. All of a sudden, mm. the, the baby didn't do what everyone at work would do and she was so used to being, you know, in control and then all of a sudden couldn't. You know, yeah. I sometimes look back at it and I think it was, a, it was a massive catalyst as to why she got postnatal depression. And I didn't Mm. intend to put pressure on her, but she became obsessed with his sleep, as did I, and I knew that having a well-slept baby meant that we could get our lives back and we were also quite social and Mm. it's just this massive big merry-go-round isn't it because you kind of can't have one without the other and i mean we my youngest son's never been as good a sleeper as my eldest but we had you know i think we had a sleep specialist twice come to the house um Mm -hmm. and you know we pushed through it all and eventually we got him to sleep and we made a decision as parents that we were going to do anything we could to get him to sleep through the night now i'm not saying that there's i'm not saying that's the right way that's what worked for our lifestyle right at the time Mm we wanted that so we didn't stop till we got that and there are some parents yeah. that are quite happy getting up through the night for two years and that's completely their choice but for yeah. us it wasn't our choice so you know and i think the second time the sleep lady came she's like wow he is so tough you know like you you know we did okay. all the things and yeah the control crying the this the that and you know if you were ever going to not do it um, my ex used to go and sleep in the car so she couldn't hear him cry. So she could actually get some sleep if it was my turn to do, um, but we got him there, you know, and he ended yeah. up being really robust, but not everyone chooses to do that. And that's completely fine. But that whole obsession around their sleep and their food, oh my God, I so feel that for you.
1: Mm, yeah. And
0: yeah, I think so many mums were like, like lots of the conversations that I have
1: with I know other, other parents is yeah. And you know what that. like
0: tell everyone else to fuck off fuck the books fuck, yeah. the, <laughs> fuck the books i know fuck right. the apps. you just have to do what suits oh. your lifestyle right now if mm. i was like five years ago i used to be like we've well, just got to teach them to sleep through the night all babies can sleep through the night like i was very judgmental around it and now mm-hmm. i'm like you know what whatever makes your family happy if you want to co-sleep with your babies yeah. co-sleep with your babies if you want to have your baby mm-hmm. in a separate room like i don't judge anyone on what they do as long as it works for them right if it's working for them and everyone's happy like i've got a friend her three-year-old she still lets the three-year-old have a bottle and gets up twice Mm -hmm. a night right now three-year-olds don't need bottles right in the night we know that Mm -hmm. they're eating food and you know but that's her choice and she says like that's my Mm -hmm. choice i want to do it it's my thing i know it and i'm like at least you know right like you know, yeah. if you want to do that, then that's fine. So what happened yeah. when so, you know, you, you you get to your baby gets to nine months, you start to find yourself a little bit more, you go back to you go back to work. And then how long do mm-hmm. you fall pregnant again, Courtney? Um, so then it was
1: so I went back to work yeah, at the start of twenty twenty. Yep. And I, I fell pregnant again at the end of twenty twenty one. And so 2021 was the year that things really went to shit. Right, okay. Um, so I, because we wanted to have another baby, I decided to go back four days mm-hmm. um, to work um, because the way it works where I teach is um, your fraction of time helps, but it determines what your um, maternity leave is. Right, I see. So um so i thought if i increase that then at least i'll get better maternity leave Yeah. um which was very counterproductive to falling pregnant um (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, i mean not that it took it it took us the whole year so but and you know i know that that's not very long in the scheme of things for a lot of people yeah um but we the first time it happened a lot quicker for us so it was definitely new territory for us yeah um but that year working four days um yeah being a mum um and just the the i guess the stress that i was feeling of of managing all of that Mm -hmm. um led me to some not so good eating habits and um gaining a lot of weight mm-hmm. and that's one thing that i could go into a whole nother thing yeah
0: do another about
1: body about image yeah. and i could i
0: yeah, know <laughs> um, we all can yeah but yeah, yeah i, I think it.
1: yeah anyway yeah so sort of, um that definitely impacted my mental health mass massively yeah um i just wasn't feeling myself within my body um using food to like i guess self-soothe um from all the stress that i was experiencing um eventually um yeah it was just a very very overwhelming time yeah i was always exhausted um again having some not so some very dark thoughts some yeah it was you know crying down days um yeah unexplained crying um just really feeling feeling a lot yeah i Um, hear you
0: i feel you and and i hear you yeah oh i feel you so much courtney so when you were in these in this sort of low, low time, were you able to still get up and go to work and pretend you're okay or were you like, no, I can't work today? How how low did you get physically? Like were you able to keep going or were you some days you just couldn't do it?
1: I, I'm i very much someone that probably seem I can make, I can seem okay. Yep. Um, I'm pretty good at putting on a brave face. I feel like my husband is definitely the one that sees a very different corny to a lot yeah. of other people um so I would still go to work but yeah. I think at times I don't know how the yeah I wasn't um I wasn't managing or, or um managing things as well as I normally would but yeah. I, I looking back I think I probably was complaining a lot and um just yeah very very overwhelmed with what was going on there um but it yeah it sort of all came to a head um so i started seeing a psychologist again i started trying to do a few different things to help me because i knew there was some stuff yeah i just knew that things weren't right i um i hired like my own she was a personal trainer but she was a bit more than that like she was she she was a coach Mm -hmm. um gave me guidance in in other ways in terms of um
0: for your mindset as well it wasn't just about your physical
1: yeah 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 like you know each week we did a check check in about what we're grateful for and yeah yeah like you know it was very Very it was a lot more holistic to like the generic um pt yeah that's great um so yeah so doing that um i was trying to start journaling i was listening to podcasts Mm -hmm. that i you know trying to do a bit of reflecting and all that sort of thing. Um but um so I'd started with a new psychologist and um she we did something called REM therapy mm-hmm. which is rapid eye movement. Mm. Have you heard of that? I've
0: heard of it but I don't know anything about it. So please tell us. Yeah I I'm probably gonna completely butcher the explanation. That's okay. That's okay. Um, <laughs> we don't pretend to be doctors here on the Your yeah. Say podcast. It's no. totally fine. <laughs> But
1: it was, when she first started doing it, I was like, what the fuck is she yeah. trying to do? Yeah. But basically, like, she held up one finger. I had to follow her finger as she moved it from side to side. Mm-hmm. And she was saying things that were, I guess, trying to spark or ignite some kind of different thoughts okay. for me or different things that I've been through or things that I've been talking about prior. Mm-hmm. Um, And it was... It was actually crazy. Some of the um, the, the memories that came up wow. to me, like one of the things that came up um, was my the panic attack, the first panic attack that I'd had in bed, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, just all these small little things that I didn't think had really impacted me, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, they obviously had more than what I'd realized. Yeah. Um, so we had that first session and really bad timing but literally had that session and then left straight from the psychology office to go on a family holiday Mm -hmm. um far out i cried the whole way (laughs) my husband was like what the fuck is going on should we go home like do you want to go on this holiday and the whole time um i just could barely talk yeah. like and and that's what i find when i get like that is i just i can't, can't articulate i can't articulate like, anything yeah. yeah like i just yeah again sort of that emptiness but like was just crying i think yeah just I, I did a bit of research afterwards and i think it can be a bit of a side effect of the mm-hmm. the rapid eye movement therapy um yeah, obviously a lot of emotions and all that sort and, of thing. And,
0: but and was your family that you were going on a holiday? Was it just your family were you meeting family? Like was that triggering at the other end as well or was it just you guys going on a holiday?
1: Um, it was just us. Okay. Um, but, but we were, so we were staying in a caravan park, just my husband and I and our son. Mm-hmm. We only had just the one at the time. Um, but we were, we had friends that we were sort of catching up with but yeah. we weren't staying together, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. So I just, like, all I wanted to do was sleep. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I laid in the caravan and just wanted to nap all mm-hmm. the time.
0: Yeah. Um. It really the, had hold of uh, you. <laughs> Isn't it really funny, Courtney? One of the biggest things i found in everything I've done is often, so often when we're going to go on a holiday, both our conscious mind and our subconscious mind they're almost like okay now you can let go the whole we often get sick on a holiday we all often cry on a holiday we sometimes have conversations with our partners that we might not have had the time to have in a year and sometimes holidays don't end up always being these perfect picturesque instagram holidays that we imagine and i think that's kind of you know, on top of the fact that you'd seen the psychologist and and done what you'd done, it sounds like it was just a big, everything was just coming out of you. It was. Yeah. yeah. I was. (coughs) Sorry, go. Oh, I
1: was just going to say, yeah, I just, I was in a black hole. Yeah. Um, That's horrible. Yeah.
0: It's Mm. horrible. And when, when, when you felt like that, um, you know, being on medication helped, you know, is is that something that you continued to take or, you know, was it just sort of one day at a time? Like what were sort of the big things for anyone that's listening now that's like, fuck yeah, that's happened to me. I, I know exactly what Courtney's saying. Like what were some of the things that helped you get out of that black hole? Um, Yeah, so eventually
1: I, I finally opened up to my husband about what was going on inside my brain. Yeah. Um Yeah, I That's
0: good.
1: And that was I hard. I didn't Yeah, I didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. I it was not a nice place to be and to not to 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 say those words to someone that you know really loves you and doesn't want you to go. Yeah, it's hard. really cool is really hard and that's probably one of the toughest conversations like you said you have the big conversations sometimes on holidays or when you're driving somewhere or whatever and that's probably one of the biggest conversations we've had in our life mm. Is um, was to do with that and and I, I yeah I think opening up and being really honest about what my thoughts were and and what was going on inside my head, yeah, that as hard as it was, um, that was definitely crucial, yeah, because from then on, Chris was like, no, nah. yeah, <laughs> I did it again. Um, my husband was like, um, you have to keep seeing a psychologist, like, you know, XYZ, this is what we've got to do, yeah. um. Yeah, I went on um, antidepressants. But I think I might have already been on them. I'm not sure. Or maybe I wasn't. At, I don't know. Anyway. Um, and I opened up to my sister
0: about it. Lovely.
1: Um, eventually. And yeah, I, I think talking, having people that you know you feel safe with. Mm it's It's super important yeah yeah yeah
0: definitely and i think Um, think once you open up to that first person i don't know about you but i know when i was in my dark hours it's like once you say it physically out loud then you kind of know that you've got to deal with it because you know they're going to support you right Um, yeah so i know for me i suffered in silence for a really long time and then there was a moment where i was like okay I know once I vocalize this, then I'm not going to do anything silly, essentially, um, Mm -hmm. because I know I'm going to get the support. But, you know, for a long time, I know from my own experience, that's not easy to do, right? And if you haven't, for people that are listening that have been in dark moments, if you don't have a family member or a partner, you know, opening up to a GP or just someone, you know, whether it's a Mm -hmm. lifeline number or, you know, they're actually – one of the things i've realized now is that anyone anything there actually is help there it's just it's just whether you can bring yourself to gain it you, you don't necessarily mm. want it but there are lots of different places that you can you can reach out to and so once you once you had those conversations what happened then how, how does this look for you now obviously then you fell pregnant after that yeah it was a couple of months
1: after yeah um and yeah i don't i think you know i continued journaling i continued seeing my psychologist um i really really tr- tried to make an effort to do you know all those healthy habits that you know help but when you're in that state yeah. of depression like fucking going for a walk exercising eating healthy none of that shit you feel like doing no, you know no. it will help hmm. But it's so it's actually so hard mm. to bring yourself to do those things because it's the last thing you feel like doing. Yeah. Um and many times I've I've um really struggled to do those things, but I for anyone listening, I know and I can tell you as fucking hard as it is, they're the things that do help. Yeah, they do, don't they? That self care stuff. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, my, um, I think something that really helped pull me out was actually the Instagram account that I've started. Yeah, um, fantastic. Yeah. I, it, so my account sort of changed as time's gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, orig- originally, it was about sort of um, raising kind kids that were confident mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. so, you know, sharing things as a teacher and a mum mm-hmm. and my ideas around that um but um and yet like connecting with other parents and feeling passionate about something it really lit me up
0: yeah and i
1: like that 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 creativity that purpose Mm. um and like and i i did i you know instead of dragging myself out of bed like i would wake up and like typing out a post Uh that i was feeling really passionate about to do with parenting or whatever not that i'm a parenting expert but i it was something that i felt that i um i was that that i felt competent in at the time i was really proud of how parenting yeah um and i wanted to share that over time that's changed um in terms of the account but that I definitely think helped
0: sort of dragged me out and I I think you know for anyone that's out there again all my clients I work with having purpose and passion in your life outside of your children and having you know when when you're having conversations that people aren't ordinarily having you know one little like one little comment one little other mum reaching out on that day all of a sudden you're like well I'm glad I got up because I helped her today you know Mm. and there's just so much gratification in feeling grateful and helping others and i mean you know i run a podcast that takes me the best part of 14 hours a week and Mm. you know it's a lot of time and it's a lot of investment Mm. and i don't get paid for it but i do it because i connect to other souls and i give a platform for people like yourself to share your Mm. story and have other people go wow okay right so this i am not going crazy because in these times we've all questioned our own sanity before and
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know i i really 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 feel what you're saying courtney i know for me i don't i've not had depression before but i've definitely i'm in the midst of being diagnosed with adhd at the moment but i definitely mm-hmm. have anxiety and have had you know a whole lot of shit going on in my life but in moments for me where i'm a bit like oh i can't do it i always think that I've got to get up, put makeup on, make myself look good because today I've got to show up and I'm going to do that on Instagram. Now, obviously I run a business from it, so it is my job, Mm -hmm. but when you're working for yourself, it's very easy to kind of go, oh fuck it, no one will know, no one knows, you know, Mm -hmm. and so you've you've got to be quite disciplined, but I echo what you're saying. I just think sharing the reality of what's really going on is there's just so, so, so much. Gratitude in it, and it's just so helpful for others. I really recommend yeah. you. What is your Instagram handle? I'll put it in our show notes. Uh, <laughs> but while we're um, talking about that,
1: yeah, so it's called um, mumming etc. So m u m m i n g etc. Yep, perfect. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of progressed, and yeah, that's that's what I'm. I've I've really sort of um, become a lot braver and more confident to share. Um, what's going on for me without that voice in my head so much of like, you're a fucking idiot, no yeah. one wants to hear this. or yeah. um, you know, oh what are, who's what's this person gonna think? or they they're not following but like and they're my friend and they must think I'm an idiot or whatever. But I've kind of managed to push that aside and just go, no, like I know that when I share stuff, there's so many other people going through the same thing and that's not how I felt before so even just it's it's part selfish because for me I connect with other you know I'm going to say mums because usually it is mums um um and it's it is it's really important Mm. to connect with other people about this stuff and you know I've had times where I have found out some friends of things that they've been going through that i've been experiencing but just did not think that any of my friends would be experiencing the same thing so
0: absolutely i went through i i I, I totally i I went through an entire like i'm one of the biggest oversharers that my friends know about and i went (laughs) i went through a whole year of my ex-wife having an affair on me and i didn't tell anyone which is so not like me but there was so much Mm. shame and because i was trying to keep the relationship together I didn't want them to know what she'd done because it was diabolical and, Mm. you know, unless you knew the full story, which at the time, I didn't have time to be explaining the full story to them because I was hard up running around trying to fucking get my shit together. I really, Mm. yeah, I really feel that. Okay, Courtney, this is so good. I just, yeah, well done you on being vulnerable and sharing it. And I think as an extension of that Instagram, you're creating a whole little community. And I think you've got an event upcoming in South Australia soon. I do. Um, Yeah, so this year I'm on maternity leave and I thought, you
1: know, what can I do with my time this year apart from parenting? Again, passion, connection, (laughs) Yeah, got to have your purpose,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. and I do, I think that's really, has really helped me this year being a stay at home mum. Yeah. So the event is um, yes, in Adelaide, it's a, um, called Miss Sunshine. It's a women's mental health event. Mm-hmm. It's um, um, in Edwardstown, your know, local to Adelaide. So um, it is going to be a really amazing night. I've got um, six women who are all sharing. Their mental health journey Fantastic. in a similar way to, to that I've just done. Hopefully, yep. Yep. a bit shorter. <laughs> oh, definitely. <silly>. But <laughs> um, but. They've all been through different things, very different stories, but open, vulnerable. We're going to break down the stigmas of mental health.
0: Amazing.
1: Um, we are after the formalities we are going to be ripping up the dance floor we've got a dj we've got a 360 photo booth oh fantastic Um, we've we've got goodie bags and when is this when is this big event when
0: is this courtney the
1: 23rd of september 23rd of september um,
0: okay cool so this will go to air yeah the guys will have plenty of time um plenty of time to get tickets and get organized and grab their friends. What a what a I mean, this is what we need. We need to provide spaces where mums go, right, I've got something to do this Saturday night, Friday night. We're doing yeah. it. We're going out. We're, you know, yeah. well, and done. that is exactly the
1: idea. So it it's a good excuse for a good pause yeah, to have a fantastic. night off parenting. Yep. Yes, the first part of it might be a bit heavy. But fuck, we're
0: gonna rip up the deep 4 later and have a great time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well done! I think, oh, yeah. I think that I think what you've created and what you're doing is absolutely admirable. And I think that I just want to reiterate to anyone that's out there, you know, if you're feeling lost and low, seek help. I talk about it mm-hmm. all the time. I want the podcast. My Instagram is a library of help. Click on the reels and listen to all the things that I talk about. Talk to your GP find someone you can confide in, reach out to Mm. myself, Courtney, anyone, like, you know, do whatever Mm -hmm. you've got to do to put one foot in front of the other on that day. And I think that, you know, if you can find that one thing that does give you a little bit of a light up and everyone's got it in them, they might not know what Mm -hmm. it is. And it's one of the things I work with with my clients. Like a lot of my clients come to me going, I know I should be doing more, but I've got no fucking idea what it is. And then three months later, you know they're up running a side hustle or they've changed industries or you know whatever it is that that that's the work of a coach and working with someone that's going to yeah. help you work out what that is i'm just so glad you've found all that and now you're sharing it with everyone mm. so they're really yeah. amazing messages thank you again
1: I'm really excited about the event and um, yeah i like you said i'm i am i'm proud of the little community that i'm creating and having an a safe space for women. Oh, there, absolutely. So.
0: No, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And I'm really grateful that you've shared your story with us and I will tag everything about Courtney that she's talked about, the event, et cetera, all in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you, Courtney. It's, um, you know, it's these stories are far more powerful than – me sometimes getting in a doctor to come in and actually talk about what pacemaker depression is you know what I mean because Mm -hmm. if we want that we'll just jump online and google it right we've all got access to be able to do that but to actually hear it rawly through what people have gone through is I believe it's truly transformational so I just want to say well done and thank you thank you so much I've um yeah I'm feeling very
1: Yes, excited. So, oh, yeah that's awesome. Thank you so much. It's, it's been so nice talking to you and I've really enjoyed it. Thank yeah.
0: you. Fantastic. All right, we're going to sign off now and we'll put all of Courtney's contact details and we'll be back next week. Bye for now.